Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag you. Hashtag NBA. We haven't been told, and um, it's just uh, day-to-day. But, you know, just having him on the court in his presence, uh, his ability to communicate with the other players, I think it's such a big plus. And Chris has brought that leadership, and, and Monty continues to talk about it. That's Ann Myers drysdale right there on Chris Paul's status and his leadership. They won game one without him. And from a talent standpoint, you can just say, well, the Clippers are down Kawhi Leonard, and the Suns are down Chris Paul. How will that play out over time? Is that a wash for talent? I'm sure that those are full segments, hours, possibly even shows of radio in Phoenix and maybe L.A. right now. Game 2, Western Conference Finals tonight. 7 o'clock, ESPN. Uh, Ty Lewis confirmed that Kawhi Leonard will remain out. Sprained right knee. There's all kinds of stuff out there about an ACL. Is it a, if it's a full tear, I don't know what they're waiting on. Have the surgery and get him back. And maybe it's a partial tear, and ACL isn't going to repair itself, but you improve the, get the swelling out and, and you know, keep working out, improve the secondary restraints and all that, and you, and you try to play on it, I guess. Well, we talked about Spencer Dinwiddie yesterday. His was not a full ACL tear. It was a partial. He ended up having that surgery on that knocked him out. Right. And, and surgery, if he has it, will impact the start of next year. And depending on how invasive it is, it can a, impact all of I next say all year. all of next year, potentially. Right. And so, I mean, we're not done with this year yet to just start going, well, which teams are going to be hurt next year? Well, Jamal Murray is going to miss a big chunk of the season. Could be back for the playoffs. But the history of missing a big chunk of the regular season and come back for the playoffs isn't good. And the same thing for the Clippers and Kawhi. Now, the Clippers could also be down uh, Marcus Morris, who uh, didn't have much of an impact shooting the ball in Game 1. But as we saw with the Jazz, he didn't shoot it well for three games, and then he shot it very well. He shot 47.8% from three in the regular season. So if he can't go, and he's listed as questionable, injured his right knee, only played five minutes in the second half of Game 1. So if he can't go, well, now you're down two starters. And they got some depth, but man, over time that stuff shows up. And of course, we all know, at least Dallas and Utah do, that the Clippers are pretty dangerous when they're down 0-2. So we'll see if they go down 0-2 for a third series. They're the only team to come back from 0-2 twice in the same postseason. And now they may be on the verge of having to do it a third time, and you would think the odds are really against them. Some of the guys who shot the ball well, I mean, we know from watching Jay Crowder here, you know, when he's on, he's really good. But as nights he isn't on, he's going to shoot mid to low 30s from the three-point line. So three to seven in game one, is he going to hit it again in game two? And, and Booker, and Booker was just awesome. Shot over 50% from the floor, made every single one of his free, throw, free throws. Scored, rebound, assists, only turned the ball over twice. Played 44 minutes, which is a huge total. Can he come up with that kind of game again? Because if he's mortal, if he's very good, but he's mortal, and he's 25 points, I don't know if the Suns are going to win that. 
Uh, maybe they could grind it out, but it would seem, and, and you know, with Morris and Kawhi out, maybe they could grind it out. But it seems like he's really got to be very good. Immortal. All right, that's too far. Immortal. 40 points, 13 boards, 11 assists. Those are massive numbers. And they won by six, and the game was in doubt in the final two minutes. So we'll see if he can carry that kind of load again. Devin Booker is slotted for the Team USA roster for the 2021 Olympic team. It's filling up. Bam Adebayo is going to play. Uh, this surprised me. James Harden committed to join the roster. He said he's going to be tentative based on how his hamstring responds. Right? But he wants to play. Well, we're getting down I, to it here. It's June got... 22. There isn't long to go in well, a hamstring. It starts a month from tomorrow, June 23rd. Uh, July 23rd. Donovan Mitchell was invited. Uh, he declined. I think every Jazz fan and all Jazz managing can say, whew, thank you. Get healthy, rest up, get ready for the next season. Kevin Durant is in, Draymond Green, Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. All playing. Steph Curry passed. Jazz are going to have uh, had three to five guys eligible with Mitchell out. That's four. Mike Conley said he'd go if asked. There's a 57-player pool. That's shrinking as guys like Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell say no, 56, 55, that kind of thing. Uh, my guess is Conley will end up not playing, but he could. But I would think that that's a long shot. But you just leave the Jazz with the international guys. Rudy Gobert playing for France. Joe Ingles playing for Australia. And then Bojan Bogdanovic, does Croatia qualify? They've got to qualify, which could mean even more games. Uh, whatever he's got to play. I don't know what the format is for getting through qualification. And then if, he, if they make it, probably prefer this year that they don't. Compact season, everybody's talking about, well, not everybody. You know, LeBron spoke loudly about injuries and overscheduling, and that's been his stand. That's been his take consistently. That was his take in November and in December and clearly in June. But the union voted for all of this, and now the guys are voting individually. You see all these NBA players opting into the Olympics? You know, the, and it got addressed in all the clean out the lockers. So they don't really clean out the lockers. or Exit George, interviews. Exit interviews. Thank you. George Yan literally looked like he was sitting in a minivan. Some guys didn't even have video. I was going to say, most of them were A couple guys didn't do it. But in the exit interviews, it came up with the three foreign players who all want to play, and they were all definitive about that. And Mike Conley was definitive that he wanted to play if asked. And Dennis Lindsay made it clear, you know, are you worried? Yes. Which someone on the line laughed. And I think he laughed because Dennis never, well, not never because he just did it, but Dennis very rarely enter, answers things that directly. There's always qualifiers. He's always very careful. <laughs> just say, are you worried about it? Yes. Brought out a laugh. And it may have been Justin Zanuck, but Dennis was the only one on the screen, so I don't know. Yes, they're worried. It's also, he made the point, it's collectively bargained. There's nothing you can say. And you benefit at times from it. I think with the young guys when they're playing, I think you know Rudy Gobert playing internationally when he needed games early, it was a big positive. But when they're veterans, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a big positive anymore. They'd probably be playing somewhere, so there's always a risk. But in this condensed season, everybody worried about fatigue. I mean, if one of these guys has an injury next year, it's going to go right back to, well, they play in the Olympics. and you just, I don't even know what, what the injury is going to be, but I know it's going to go back to that. Did they play too many games over the summer during the offseason? Right. Ignoring the fact that before pros played in the Olympics, pros were going to Pauley Pavilion, and the, the Magic Johnsons of the world were hey, setting up games, don't, and they were playing, and we didn't see it. 
Don't pull back the curtain too much. Sixers head coach Doc Rivers told reporters the franchise has a plan to help star guard Ben Simmons deal with his shooting loads. I believe, without going into detail with what we're doing, I believe we know what the right work is and the right type of work and the right way to do it. You can do the work all the time, but if it's not done in the right way and the right type of work, you may not improve. After being here for a year, I really do believe we're justif- we've identified what and how, and now we have to do the do part. We have the work. We have to work to do it. It's not going to be an easy job, but it's definitely a job that Ben can do. Clean up the quote from a day before a little bit. Can he be the starting point guard for an NBA championship team? I don't know right now. What? Okay, I'll just go with no. Everyone just go with no. He doesn't shoot it well enough in an era that shooting is so critical and his shooting is so important. And to go from where he is to being a good shooter would be a massive leap. I was going to say zero FGAs. In the On the final. other hand, he does so many other things. If he could improve the point that he was a mediocre shooter. Yeah, I was going to say. You don't he, doesn't, he doesn't have to turn into Damian Lillard and Logo Steph Curry threes. and oh. Donovan Mitchell. Well, an elite score. I mean, anybody who's scoring 20 but plus, if he could shoot 25 plus a game. Mid-30s from three, that would be a massive if Defenders had to close out on the oh, three-point yeah. line. Yeah. Yes, 35% from three. They will play you honest at that point. Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups, Spurs assistant Becky Hammond have emerged as leading candidates for the Portland Trailblazers head coaching position will advance to a second round of interviews with Portland's front office in the coming days. I think most people, if they had to handicap it, would say Billups won, Hammond two. Don't know that. Can't prove it. But you listen to people in NBA circles talk, the kind of people, if they don't have Chauncey in their cell phone, they have people in their cell phone who are in Chauncey's cell phone, and they seem to think it's Chauncey. So, see how that plays out. And we've got like a half dozen jobs. Basically, a quarter of the league is turning over, which is the normal number. And they happen for all sorts of reasons. Portland, the traditional reason, fire the coach. New Orleans, the annual reason, fire the coach. Boston, obviously, Ainge steps down and the coach gets promoted. So everybody's got different situations. Largely, I don't think it matters. I don't even get into the whole this person outcoached that person thing. I think there's probably two-thirds of the league have competent head coaching. And the limits are on what the players are capable of doing. Everybody knows what the issues are. And everybody knows what the point is. And what, you know, they're doing this, so we need to counter with this or this. Now, there are times where Atlanta, I don't know what was going on, and they brought in one of the guys who was sitting on the sideline. Nate McMillan was a good coach in Indiana. He's a perfectly good coach in Portland. He's a perfectly good NBA player. I think he was a Sonics coach too, right? Now we're going back. So he's had three good runs, and now he goes into Atlanta. Everybody knew they'd get better. I don't think anybody knew they'd be in the Eastern Conference final. That's a shocker. Nobody knew that when the playoffs started, even after he'd had a good second half of the a very good second half of the season when he took over. And, and I think Stotts is a guy who knew. It just sounds like they're, they're moving jet, moving the deck chairs here. It's the same cruise ship. They're moving the deck chairs. Well, Stotts has emerged as a leading candidate in Indiana. So there you go. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. One of the teams, they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother... (laughs) 
Okay, there's two pieces of audio that really don't go together. So naturally, Yach put them together. That was Tom Brady on one team who passed on him as a free agent. Well, now we want to know, who'd you stick with? Well, there are people who are saying that it might be a certain team that has a former backup of his. San Francisco. Jimmy G. Makes it sound like Tom wanted to go there. And that would be the hometown team. He grew up in Northern California. He's from the Bay Area. He's a Bay Area guy. So what would generate that reaction from him? Okay, that makes sense. Goes against the whole G-rated image. But you know, he threw the Super Bowl trophy off a boat too. So at this point, hey, I've got my, I don't know, how many Super Bowl trophies is this? I can't even keep track. Is that seven? Seven. Seven. He needs one more now. That way he's got as many as the next two guys combined. Yeah, he's got he's got Brad right now he's got Montana and Aikman combined. And that's fine cuz a lot of NFL fans are young and only know Terry Bradshaw as a broadcaster. They don't know him as a player. I'm old enough I remember him as a player. If you get eight and you match Bradshaw and Montana, I mean you're just piling on at this point. And he seems perfectly content to pile on. That was a little Jordanish right there. You like him over me? Now, into every equation, it's, well, he's 15 years younger than you. <laughs> I mean, but Brady's point is, I'm coming to get you a Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls are you going to get in 15 years with that guy? Zero, one, two. Two would be a lot. Aaron Rodgers has one. Okay, Drew Brees dude. got one. Let me say, yeah. These guys are all going straight to the Hall of Fame on first ballot. Nobody's doing sports talk radio shows based on whether these guys are Hall of Famers or not because it's boring because we all know they are. And they got one. So to Brady's point, you know. 15 years with him. I mean, maybe you get two with Roethlisberger. I mean, the list of quarterbacks who have three Super Bowls is real short. I might have just rattled it off. Elway retired with two. Brady might get two for Tampa Bay in two years. I was going to say. Give me a run of pass. That is ridiculous. So we're watching greatness. We were just talking yesterday when we had Bob Casper on about when are we going to get you know, the next Tiger Woods. And you can't say never, because there's plenty of people, well, not plenty of people, but there are some people of a certain age who remember Jack Nicholas in his prime. I don't. I remember Jack at the very end. I mean, Jack's prime went on for 25 years, so. Well, no, he did not his prime. But his prime was a solid 15 to 18 years. And he was still an elite golfer for 25 years, won championships for 25 years. So we might get another one. You youngsters in your 20s and 30s might get one more Tiger. I'm probably not. When are we going to get another Jordan? When are we going to get another Brady? You're not getting another Brady. And I know Mahomes is great young, but look what Russell Wilson did when he was on his rookie contract. Now they're getting paid. The team around him isn't going to be as good. And that's going to be a factor. Now Mahomes may still get more, but Brady is Tiger. Mahomes is Phil Mickelson. People love him. And he'll win a lot, but don't compare how much he wins to Brady. That's not fair. Before that, you heard uh, Carl Nassib there, the Raiders defensive end, saying that he is gay. He's the first active player to announce he's part of the LGBTQ plus community. I don't believe he's the only one, but he's the only one willing to come out and take whatever abuse comes with that. Unfortunately, people probably yell at him, holler at him. He'll get hit up on social media with who knows what. Let him do his thing. Uh, the role model thing is, is probably pretty important. 
You talk to the people who are in the mental health community who talk about how isolated people feel. And maybe they shouldn't feel that isolated. They shouldn't feel like everybody's against them. But you hear comments and people say or do things. And then you think, well, everybody's thinking that. Maybe everybody isn't thinking that. The most vocal people are. So to have a role model out there is is probably a positive. For most people, I think they'll just sit there and wait for the Raiders to turn the ball over with the game on the line and then watch John Gruden's face. That's how I think most people will weigh in, but for some people, it'll be important to have him be a role model. Giants legend Eli Manning, officially back with the organization in a business operations and fan engagement role. He'll also work on original content development, which includes a new lifestyle series that premieres this fall. Manning is 40. He retired after the 2019 season. And he's not as big a star as his brother because very few people are as big a star as his brother. But the broadcasting stuff that Manning has done, the podcasting he's done for ESPN, has been brilliant. And even if you don't subscribe during the height of the pandemic when they had no games last summer, like they were just running one after another on ABC or on ESPN to fill time when they normally have a game on a Sunday afternoon on ABC. And they were hilarious. And he was doing stuff, the history of the football. I saw that one about how the football evolved and became easier to throw. And he's shot putting this ball. It's the kind of thing that normally you didn't have time for. But if you got 20 minutes to watch this thing, this webisode, it would, and, and man, it's hilarious. And Eli's funny, too. We've seen him in the commercials. You ought to do this. You ought to tie your legends in and keep your legends and build the mythology of the team and all that. I like what the Jazz have done, bringing, bringing players back occasionally to sign autographs. And the more they expand on that stuff, I would think they would. Ryan Smith is a, he grew up a Jazz fan. He played junior Jazz basketball. All this has to resonate with him. And then do you want to do it with Stockton and Malone? Sure. But, you know, when they brought Mehmet Kerr back, that was a big hit. You can't really bring Jeff Hornacek back because he's working in the NBA. But, you know, to bring him back or bring, you know, B. Russ. Antoine Carr came back. Say Antoine yeah. Carr. We've had it in the studio. Yeah. D. Will started to be around more. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the Supreme Court, in a unanimous 9-0 decision, I don't think you're supposed to say bipartisanship about the Supreme Court, but in a unanimous 9-0 decision affirmed a ruling that provides for an incremental increase in how college athletes can be compensated, opens the door for future legal challenges. You can't limit compensation, especially if it's related to their education. So, like, right now, everybody gets a Mac. I mean, that's just a given. If... If the whole SEC isn't giving players max, I don't even know who the SEC is anymore. So how how much stuff can you give people? How creative can you be in justifying it? And how much is it an arms race? <laughs> really, the only thing that's keeping college football together is the scholarship limit. Because I guess that, the 25 and the fact that only 11 guys can play at a time because people want playing time. But the SEC's got more money in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12's got more money than the AAC, and the AAC's got more than the Mountain West. I mean, it's a whole food chain. And it's not just big fish, little fish. Now there's fish of 11 conferences, 10 conferences. There's uh, 11. Okay, then there's fish of at least like seven different sizes. <laughs> well, then you can go down to the lower divisions, FCS. Right, yeah. 
And the NCAA is still trying to write rules, and they're just, my gosh, the bureaucracy grinds well, so slowly. Justice Kavanaugh said that in any other industry, this would be considered completely out of line. Right. Gorsuch uh, wrote that they, uh, they limited the scope of this decision that was 9-0 to education-related benefits. So you can give everybody a computer now and say it's education-related. And they're saying the limit's probably around $6,000 as a student-athlete. But they did not delve further into questions about the association's business model. There's another lawsuit coming. This will go on and on. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. This is the start of the second of three trips L.A. will make to downtown San Diego. 1-2, hammered. Absolutely crushed. Deep to left. Rex going back. Looking up. Gonna go. Three-run homer, Manny Machado. And a fly ball, center field. Cattell Marte is there. He's under it. And he's got it. And the Diamondbacks have won a ball game here tonight. They snap a 17-game losing streak. Beating the Brewers 5-1. Their first win since June 1st. June 22nd. How bad did it get? It's been a hot minute. It got bad. 17 straight losses for the Arizona Diamondbacks. A long national or at least statewide nightmare is over. PK is taking the day off to celebrate. He'll be watching videos of great Diamondbacks of the past. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, striking people out. World Series being won. Flares landing on the grass behind second base. Arizona's an MLB worst 21-53. and 53. At this point, just win the lottery, man. Get that top draft pick. What the heck? Hit reset. Uh, he's been telling us Bruce Bochy wants back in, so just... Just got to get through this without, you know, you can lose a lot, but the, the 17 row is kind of humiliating. They still got to break the road losing streak. That's the next thing to do. At the other end of the division, you heard the uh, home run there from Machado, the three-run shot. And the reason they're setting up the schedule is because it was the bottom of the first inning. They're just kind of taking care of that house, cleaning stuff, filling time. But the Padres started with uh, a double, a homer, excuse me, a double, a walk, a double, and a homer. The first four guys all got on. The first four guys all scored. It was 4-0. They went on to win 6-2. So that was the that was the proverbial got to jump on them early. And they did, and they made it stand up stand up because they had you uh, Darvish who uh, gave him a, another rock-solid outing. Yeah, you Darvish is really good. Newsflash. 11 strikeouts. 11 strikeouts. Padres get the win. Uh, they're trailing the Dodgers and the Giants. It's a, it's a little dicey. You can't fall behind, and they have. You know, it's, uh, there's only two wild cards, so all the hype about the second-best team in baseball and right now the third-best team in division and going to have to fight for the wild card. A normal-sized losing streak. Texas lost six in a row. Normally you complain about that, but when the Diamondbacks are sitting over 17 in a row, hardly anybody notices. But it's over. The Rangers beat the A's 8-3. to Those two could have a really good race here in the American League West. See how that See how that plays out for those two. The Astros uh, right now have a one-game lead over Oakland despite that six-game losing streak. Bees saw Sacramento score four in the bottom of the ninth to win 7-6. to six. Series finale today at 1 o'clock. Listen to it on 1280 The Zone. Uh, our regular lineup of shows will be over on 97.5 The Zone. Hans and Scotty will start on both signals and then wrap up on, uh, on 97.5. All right, DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Andy Bailey, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report at 830. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist. 
talk about that NCAA stuff and how much money is going to be flowing to your favorite athletes. That's at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.